Morning Faith Life, it's just so good to be with you again this morning. Uh, although we can't meet physically, we can do this virtually, so it's just really good to be here. Uh, good to get together. Thank you Mike and Flick, thank you Roger and Olive, just for sharing, sharing worship, sharing around communion. And it's so important that we continue connecting as a family, that we, we don't kind of drop off, we don't defer things to the middle of the week, but we connect wherever we can. This week I, I've kind of seen a few of you uh, as, as I've kind of travelled around and that's, that's been exciting. Last week uh, Cheryl and I went over to, to Norwich, we met the guys there and that was a, just a great time, great time in the presence of God, uh, seeing the gifts of the Spirit flow. And you know, whilst all this is going on around us, the, the Kingdom is still active, the Kingdom is still working. God's still on the throne, he's not phased by this, he's not worried by this, he's got a plan about this and it's just down to us to, to follow his plan and to know what the next steps he wants us to take are. And that's going to be different across all the body of Christ. You know, different churches are going to do different things and that's okay. But what I want to do is I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to watch the the couple of videos we've sent out this week about let's get moving there'll be more details coming out this week and i just want you to really connect to those uh, listen to what the spirit's saying to you uh, think about how you can get involved with these things and then we can all start to get moving together and although the, the you know, these videos are just talking about a couple of things at the moment we've got other plans we're working on um, and we're determined not to let what is going on around us, what's going on in the news, what's going on uh, anywhere else, overwhelm us, but we intend to be those who overcome. So, yeah, so Lord, I just thank you that you have, uh, that when we came to you, when we were born again, you made us overcomers, you made us people of faith, you give us everything that we need for life and godliness, and we thank you for that, and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, share a testimony this morning. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm here on my own, Cheryl's having a morning off, but I just wanted to share a testimony with you this morning that, that came in on uh, FLC prayer. One of the things that we've been uh, finding is that in recent weeks, more and more people have been contacting us through the website, through Facebook, through, can, can, trying to connect with the church, connect what we, with what we're doing. Uh, finding out about what we're doing and that's so encouraging it's so encouraging to see responses to to what we're putting out there from all sorts of different uh, people a number of them in Cambridge and so that's really exciting but I just wanted to uh, encourage us all that uh, even in these times there's still much that we can see of God at work in the kingdom and the guys yesterday the, uh, the, the team went out on the streets they were doing worship on the streets um, Phil, very faithful, gets us to pray for them while they're there and then he gives us a praise report. So I just want to read yesterday's praise report. Just returned from worship on the streets. Thank you for praying for us. We had a joy-filled couple of hours, praising, worshipping, declaring out loud. There were quite a few conversations that the YWAM folk were engaged in. Connie was involved in leading a couple of the of girls to the Lord. That is just absolutely brilliant, isn't it? We can celebrate that. We saw some Christians going by, one with her arm raised in praise, another youth worker radiant faced with the Lord. Lots of seeds sown. Keep sowing those seeds, guys. 
One FLC person was passing by. Well done, Nicola. But you didn't pass by completely. Early for an appointment. It's a delight for us that she joined us for 30 minutes singing and worshipping. We concluded our time by sharing the various encounters of the morning and praying for all the folk who had been spoken to or were within earshot as they passed. It felt like a couple, a powerful anointed couple of hours. And thank you all again for your faithful prayers, partnering with the Holy Spirit and supporting us. You know, right at this moment, prayer is just so important. I mean, it's always important, but it's, all, it's also important to remind ourselves that that. When the, when the enemy comes, when the world is, is a problem, when things like COVID and all that, they come, prayer is just key and central to fighting our battle of faith, to standing in faith and not being moved. That we are a people who will not be moved and that we, we, will, we will keep on seeing kingdom fruit. So I just want you to all be encouraged by, by that, by the testimony from the worship on the street, guys, by the fact that people are connecting to us asking questions as a result of what we're putting out there even though we we can't meet in the way that we want to meet it's just so encouraging to see God still at work amen amen so this morning I'm going to start a new series I'm not quite sure at this point how how long this series is going to last because it's kind of a series for the moment if, if you see what I mean I, I, when I, I sent it out this morning I got some really uh, funny responses, as in funny ha-ha chuckle responses that make, that sort of brightened up my morning. But, you know, there is none of us, I think, can actually say that this year has gone according to plan. You know, when we when we look back, you know, I, when we look back and we saw the fireworks and the new year and all that sort of thing, I'm sure we all had hopes, ideas, uh, dreams about how we wanted uh, this year to turn out and we had plans we had lots of plans I had lots of plans the church had lots of plans we were we had we had a chart we had a, a calendar we had everything planned we knew when it was all happening we were preparing resource behind it all and that just all got thrown out the window and when things like that happen when you're caught off balance when you're caught unawares when things come left field it's really easy to get overwhelmed and it's not just talking about church or our plans, but life has a habit of overwhelming us or trying to overwhelm us. And yet the Bible says that our identity, who we are, is not as those who are overwhelmed. It's not of those who are falling back. It's those who are going forward. It's those who overcome. It's of those who go through. And so I want to talk about this topic of overwhelmed. I've titled it Overwhelmed Question Mark because what I want us to do is to understand the spiritual effects that are causing some of the physical things that are going on and how we deal with those. And so that's kind of the topic. That's the theme I'm coming to. If you want to know where I'm going in terms of uh, verses this morning, I'm going to go to 1 John. I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 5. Uh, I know that that's kind of the key verse for at least the first couple of these messages. And so I want you to go to 1 John chapter 5 and it's going to be verses 4 and 5. But, you know, one of the things that, that really God's been drawing my attention to, when I've been talking to God about what's going on around us and, and like just almost every day it seems that there's new restrictions or new issues or new rows or new problems... And it's not just COVID, is it? It's Brexit and all sorts of things. All these things are kind of coming together. And I was, I was in prayer 
uh, last week and I was just saying to God, like, what is this? Like, it's just one thing after another. Like, you think you've got dealt with one thing and the next thing comes along and the next thing. And it's just one thing after another. And he said, listen, son, you've got to be aware of the enemy's devices. And the enemy uses a technique and I'll call it the pile up technique. It's the one thing after another, one thing on top of another technique, the pile-up technique. And it's kind of financial issues here, uh, physical issues there, family issues, relationships over there, things just firing off, job issues, job problems, career issues, all sorts of things. And he doesn't just use one. He tries to pile one on top of another. You know, when Jesus was... Uh, in the wilderness and the devil came and, and, and kind of had a real go at him. He didn't just use one temptation, he used a series of temptations. It was one after another, one thing after another. He's pushing every button he can get. And when he does that, it can feel like our world's falling apart. It can feel like we can't go on, it can feel like we can't manage, and we get overwhelmed. It, it's it's something that just happens when all these things come over us and upon us, we get overwhelmed. It's a, it's, we reach the limit of our human capacity. However, we are not limited by our human capacity as born-again believers. You know, when your world is rocked, there's only one thing that will help you, and that's to get back on the rock and stay anchored there. So if your world's rocking right now, if you're being like thrown around, if stuff's coming upon you, if it's coming over you, then my advice to you is when that rocking's taking place, you get back up on the rock, you anchor there, you give your attention there, you stay there and you stay firm there. You know, um, what what's really kind of, uh, brought, you know, when you're talking... Uh, in a series like this or talking on a topic like this, um, sometimes things take you by surprise as well. So a couple of weeks ago, we, we decided that we would, um, as a surprise, we book a, a kind of a long weekend, we go and visit my mum uh, and we just turn up on a doorstep, not tell her we were coming, she lives up in the north of England and uh, it was a 96th birthday. So we decided we'd We'd go and visit her and just spend a few days and that would be a great thing to do now that we could travel and visit people and so on. So we, we, we set off. But before we set off, a couple of days before we set off, uh, Cheryl got her a phone call from her brother uh, basically explaining that um, although he's had a, a brain tumour since the age of 12, so over 40 years, uh, and, and that had been managed very well, that there was now another tumour and that they were going to have to operate to remove that tumour. So what was a visit to my mum became uh, like a full week uh, there and to, to visit Cheryl's brother and to uh, really be there while that operation was taking place. And so, you know, as you can imagine, that they're both quite emotional. My mum, being 96, is quite frail. It, it's, you know, it was... It was already going to be a, a challenging sort of week and when we when we got up there one of the things my mum does is she keeps all her piles of paper and then when I whenever I visit she goes through them with me so we were we were going through these piles of paper on, on the afternoon of her birthday 
And as, as we were going through these, there were some unusual transactions on her bank statement. And it, it, the more we investigated, you know, we did all the things, we rang the bank, said, what's this and so on. And it, and it just became apparent that somebody that she'd put trust in had actually been using her bank account to pay their own bills, to pay off their debts, uh, to book holidays and all sorts of stuff. And they'd been systematically emptying my mum's bank account. And that was just absolutely devastating for, for my mum. Uh, involved not only what we were already facing, but me sort of dealing with police and all sorts of issues all week. So it was a really challenging time. And, uh, you know, but there, there was kind of good things in it as well. One of the things that, that uh, we found out, and, and I'm just encouraged by right at the moment, and you'll see why in a minute, is that, uh, seven, well, two or three months ago, I sent my mum a copy of my book, um, you know, this one, the Rock Solid book, uh, which you all know you can get from Amazon, you can order it from the church office. So I sent her a copy of that book, and, and I've, I've been badgering her, to read it now that's kind of not easy with a 96 year old lady who's kind of doesn't hear very well and doesn't really have a great attention span but I've, I've been badgering her to read my book so when we were there I asked my mum like have you read the book you know the book that I sent you she said yeah she said I'm in there I said well yeah you are aren't you? <laughs> and and so anyway so it turned out that she remembered some of the events that I describe in, in Rock Solid she remembers them happening and uh, so that that was brilliant so what i said to her is you know i've been witnessing and talking to my mum about christ and cheryl's been talking to my mum about christ i guess for the last 40 years well i 40 years for cheryl even longer for me since i became a christian and, and we were getting nowhere anyway it turned out that you know she, she'd read some of the book i don't think she's read it all uh, but i asked her have did you understand what you were reading, and did you say the prayer? Did you say the prayer at the back? Did you make Jesus Lord of your life? She said, oh yeah, I said the prayer, I said the prayer. Now, that was just so encouraging. And in the middle of all these things going on, there was encouragement, there was, there was the kingdom at work. But it, it can be that all the other things kind of overwhelm it. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know entirely whether my mum's really understood what she's done there, but, I'm believing she has. I'm putting my faith behind it. And uh, so we, we came back and we arrived back in Cambridge. And uh, I was talking to my mum on the phone on Friday. She seemed to be doing a lot better. Obviously, she got through some of the upset. Uh, and for the first time, I guess, in, in uh, I, I don't know, a few months, she seemed like she was sharp, she was thinking clearly, she was, her, her speech was really strong. And I thought, oh, she's doing really well, she's doing really well, that's really encouraging. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were doing that. And then, so that was on Friday, and then yesterday morning, we, we got a phone call to say that the, the carers who, who go in each day, that they'd found her on the floor, she, she'd had a fall, she'd been there uh, all night, basically, she, she'd not... For some reason, she'd not had her button on, her emergency button, uh, when this happened, despite the fact we tell her, but she is quite a, a willful lady, my mum. And uh, and so she, she'd been on the floor all night. She was disorientated. She, she wasn't doing well. So we got the phone call. Uh, ambulances turned up, took her to hospital. Uh, and last night, I got a phone call to basically say, look, 
she, she's not doing great, she's really struggling, she, she's on oxygen and um, you know we have the conversation about resuscitate or not. So I'm believing that she's going to come through. She's, she's been here before three years ago and she came through but ultimately we all die. We, 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 there is a point where none of us come through and it's so important that at that moment we know Christ. But all these things going on, they have this ability to overwhelm us. And, and I'm not telling you that to, in order to, to, to get any sympathy or anything, because we all go through stuff. There's the stuff that goes on in all our lives, and it has this potential to overwhelm us. And it's that that I really want to share with you about this morning. So let's go to that, um, that passage, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And... Uh, well, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be here all morning, so you're not going to have to go very far. First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? It is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So, I just want you to... Focus in on those verses now. I'm going to go into them a little bit of detail, but the first thing I really want you to see is that word faith. You know, there are there are so many believers who have been taught told the gospel, they they go to church, they hear sermons, they hear teaching, and yet they don't know how to operate in faith. It, it seems that that somehow there's a there's kind of a, a, a bypass that the enemy has created in our churches and in the body of Christ where we can hear things but we don't know and we aren't taught how to walk in faith how to stand in faith and it's so important that we understand faith principles the whole of the new covenant only works by grace through faith no faith doesn't work Hebrews 4 says that um and it's talking about the Old Testament uh, Israel and it's saying that the gospel was preached to them as well as unto us and it did not profit them. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. In other words, they knew everything about God, but they, they didn't uh, connect their faith to it. They didn't believe it. They didn't trust God. They didn't put their dependence on him and they didn't stand on his promises. They didn't believe him. And they, they basically went through life just as if they, they, they weren't uh, God's people, except the fact that they called themselves that and attended church or their equivalent of it. So it's really important that right now in what is going on in the world, in, in these times, heading towards the end, we're closer to the end now than, than, than they were 2,000 years ago when that was being written. It's really important that we are people of faith and that we teach faith, we speak faith, we grow in faith and we develop faith. So it's really important. Now that word faith there, translated in that verse, is a Greek word. It, well, they're all Greek words in the New Testament. It's a Greek word, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And when it talks about faith, it's not kind of a, a passive kind of hang in there. Well, I, you know, I, I've got faith, you know, just let the world hit me and hit me again and hit me again. But, I, but I'll just keep believing that I'm a Christian and, and going through that. It's, it's not that kind of just hit me with some more and I'll endure type of faith. This word pistis, it's not this hang in there feeling. It's actually an aggressive kickback sort of force. 
an aggressive kickback sort of force. And you might remember a few weeks ago, I preached a series called How to Kick the Devil Out of Your Life. Well, this would be a good supplement of a good next step in what I was teaching there. If you didn't see that, you can go find that uh, on our, on our um, website. Um, but it's the word pistis, is this, it's an aggressive force. Um, it's a force that, if applied, causes the enemy to flee. You know, um, uh, the, the Bible tells to resist the devil and he will flee. Because it, he, he is not able to stand against what Christ has given us when we put our faith into action. And when it says, you know, everyone who is born of God, who my, my version actually says whoever or whatever, but the, the word could equally be everyone. What it means there is all kinds of people. So it doesn't matter who you are, rich or poor, happy or sad, what your background, what your past, what you've been through, um, whether you've got social standing, no social standing, whether you've been in church for 50 years or five minutes, none of that matters because this works for everybody. This works for everybody. Jesus died and provided for everybody on exactly the same basis and the whole thing works through faith. So it's for all God's children because God doesn't want his children being pushed around. The kingdom is not meant to be pushed around, backed into corners, told to shut up, told to be quiet. The kingdom is meant to be taking ground. It's meant to be an aggressive force in the face of enemy activity in the world. And so God doesn't want us being pushed around. So it, this, this applies to every single one of his children because it says... Um, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So if you're born of God, this is talking to you. If you're a believer, this is talking to you. doesn't matter anything about anything, any baggage you're carrying into this. This is talking to you. It applies to every single one of us. From, from the youngest to the oldest, from the, the, the pastor to everybody else. There, there is no difference in how this works. And it's so important we understand that. This is for everybody. These verses are talking to you. And when it says um, overcomes, what does that word overcomes mean? Well, the word overcomes translated there actually means to prevail against. It means to put at a lower level. So when it says that we prevail or we overcome the world, what it, what it means is that we, we, we prevail, we conquer, and we put it down at a lower level of effectiveness in our life. It wants to overwhelm us, it wants to come on us. The world is, is kind of geared up, it's a mess. It's, you know, it's a bigger mess than it's ever been. The world is just this mess and the enemy's at it as well. And people who don't know God are being used by the enemy and they're all causing issues. You know, everybody's got issues. I've got issues, you've got issues, we've got problems, we've got difficulties. Everybody's got these things. Why? Because that's the way the world is. But we are supposed to be taking ground. And this word subdue means to put it under to, so that we stand up higher than the problems that are coming against us. And you have the ability to stand up higher than anything that's coming against you. Sometimes when things overwhelm you, it feels like you, there's this crowd and it's all around you and, and above you and, you and you just can't get out, you can't get out. But Jesus says, 
through faith, you can stand above all that. You can climb up on, it, on all the shoulders of everything that's, that, that's happening in your life and you can see clearly into the distance. And that's, what, that's the idea here. And when it talks about victory, when it says this is our victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That word victory, when it says our victory, it's not saying that it's some sort of, uh, I guess, some sort of award that we get. What it's actually, the, the word translated there means this is our victorious principle by which we live. This is our victorious principle by which we live. So uh, this is our means of success. This is our method of getting out from that which would overwhelm us till we can see clearly. This is our means of success. This is our method of winning. So this victorious principle, what is it? It's our faith, our pistis. And I've already said that this, this, this pistis is an aggressive force. It's a pushback force. But it also has a, another connotation that goes with that word. And it's also our conviction regarding our relationship with God. You see, this aggressive force, this pushback, comes out of our conviction of our relationship with God. That he is for us, so who can be against us? In all these things we are more than conquerors. That nothing is impossible uh, to Christ. That, that God is with us. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, we can, like a standard, we raise a banner against him. That all things are possible to him who believes. And that, that's what Jesus told us. That's what he encourages to. And that's where he's encouraging us to lift our faith to right at this time. You know, um, in 2 Corinthians, I think it is, Paul tells us, um, do not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Now, if I remember right, those, that word translated devices means uh, thoughts, um, purposes, plans. The, the idea behind it is that the enemy's kind of got a strategy. He doesn't just like pile into this. He doesn't come willy-nilly. He doesn't come at random. Willy-nilly, that's a northern word so it's for, for, for you guys in Cambridge. He doesn't come willy-nilly at this. He, he, he's got a strategy. He's got a plan and he's working it out. He's kind of like a general plotting a, plotting a strategy that is at work in the world. He's still the God of this world and he still blinds minds of unbelievers and he still works in the hearts and souls of unbelieving men. So he's behind this, but it's not all him. You know, to beat that strategy that the enemy's got, we, we have to know how to fight. We have to know how to run the battle. Uh, we, we're not those who just roll over, give up and blame it on bad luck. So if you found yourself doing that, you know, like rolling over, giving up, backing down, saying, you know, it's just too much for me. It's just bad luck. Why is this happening in my life? There's stuff happening in everybody's life. It's just different. And, and we are not destined. We are not that person who rolls over, gives up, backs down, uh, walks away. We are those who go through. We are those who subdue. We are those who stand high above everything. And we are those who overcome. And that's who Jesus calls us to be as disciples. And whilst we might not have always been walking like that, whilst we might struggle to walk with that, nevertheless, that's the level, that's the height, that's the glory that Jesus calls us to. And that's what he's, he's encouraging us to now, because what he's asking us to do is firstly, not to be ignorant, but to understand that the enemy uses this pile-up technique. 
that he is the one who is trying to overwhelm us. He overwhelms us by direct stuff he does himself, but mostly by stuff that's just in this world where sin has brought in death and sickness and judgment and, and all the rest of it. And so he's, he's at work in that. And he's, you know, one of the things that when God was talking to me about this, it became blindingly obvious is he has so been using that on a global scale this year. This, this, this pile-up technique hasn't just gone, I've been picking on people before, now, now it's gone global. Now things are different. There, there, was a, there was a step change that occurred at the start of this year where that pile-up technique that the enemy uses went global. And he's been using that, you know, we, we think, well, okay, COVID. But that's not where this year started. This year started with massive fires across Australia. Gwyn was caught up in that when she was out there. There was fires, there was Australia, like huge areas of Australia were on fire. And then there was the floods and the storms. I, I don't know whether, you know, you remember this, but for the first few weeks of the year, when we came in on a Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, there was massive storms, there was wind, some of you guys weren't making it to church, you were staying at home. It was like it was like everything was coming down. And then we get COVID-19. And then we get all sorts of uh, uh, division in our society. We get all sorts of conspiracy theories going on out, all out there. We get people burning 5G masks. We get all sorts of things. And it's kind of like the world has gone crazy. And, you know, we, we don't, haven't even seen this on our news. We haven't seen just unprecedented locust swarms going across East Africa and destroying their crops. The devil has been using this on a global scale. And, and that, all of that, you know, we, there's, there's fires in California right now. There's job losses. There's uh, all sorts of things. And what, what is he trying to do? He's trying to get the body of Christ to be so overwhelmed that we go on the run. That we hide, we stay stuck in our houses, and we don't fulfil the plan of God for our life. And that's his technique. Is he causing all that? Well, no, he's not causing all these things. You know, a lot of the things that we've experienced this year, they're the effect of accumulated sin in the world. They're the, 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 the effect of sin and death on our planet. And they're also the effect of fragile economic systems that men have built on the basis of debt. And, and that's all starting to come home to roost. Yes, some of it's the result of enemy activity and a lot of it is the result of the evil in men's hearts. But for most of all, I think the thing that, that, that this pile-up technique has brought this year, this, this strategy the enemy uses, is fear, anxiety, worry and panic. That's where the enemy specifically is working. Why? Because he works at the level... Uh, Paul calls it the wiles of the devil. He works at the level of the mind. He plays mind games. So while all these physical things are going on, he's playing at the level of our mind and creating fear, anxiety, panic, worry. And that is not the destiny. That is not how a believer lives. And I want to challenge you this morning that if you've been worried, if you've been anxious, if you've been caught up in this, it's time to kick back and say, that's not how I'm going to live anymore. I'm not going to sit here worrying, being anxious, thinking about what, how this is ever going to change, thinking about how this is all going to sort itself out, saying it's all terrible. I am not going to do that anymore. 
We have to make a quality choice that we do not give in. If we do not make that quality choice, the enemy is going to roll us over. He's going to have a field day. And, you know, in, in good old faith life, bulldog faith terms, we are not giving up. We are not backing down. We are not stopping now. We are not just surviving. We are thriving. And that's the attitude we need to kick back with. That's the pistis faith that, that, that John is talking about in this verse. That's the sort of faith when it's applied. Now, when the enemy, when he's persistent like he has been, when he's persistent in what he's doing, why is it? It's because he is determined to stop the plan of God in your life. And he's using these words, he's using his, his thoughts. And, and right now you can identify his activity in your life. What's going on in your mind right now that is discouraging you? That's enemy activity. What is it that you've been talking about to your friends? What is it you've been, maybe been putting on Facebook? What is it you've been sending prayer requests about? What is it that is discouraging you right at the moment? That's enemy activity. Because his job, what he's trying to do, forget the, the, the actual physical things, it's that discouragement in your mind, that, that overwhelming feeling because he's trying to take you out and he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it because you are a child of God. You've got faith. You were made to win this battle. You were made to rise above and look out beyond those things that are trying to pull you down. So we're not going to give up. We're not going to back down. and Because this plan to wear you down, it might feel like he's succeeding. Now listen to what I just said. It might feel like he's succeeding. But he can't succeed if you will fight. Do not fall for it. Do not be ignorant of his devices. Do not get in this position where you're not seeing through what he's doing. You see, here's the issue. The issue is that we have trained ourselves in the body of Christ, in the Western world, as a weak body of Christ. By that, I mean we have taken on the ways and the philosophy of the world that says, I want it and I want it now. And the devil has discovered a winning strategy in that. His strategy is persistence. And his persistence has been a winning strategy against the church in our generation. So how do you deal with his persistence, his carrying on? Well, we, we've kind of trained ourselves in this idea that, that we, we'll, we'll say a prayer, we'll, we'll, we'll do something, we'll go to church, and then on Monday morning everything's going to be fine. And when it isn't, we kind of give up. And we fall back and we let life overwhelm us. But how do you deal with his persistence? Because he's keeping going and he's keeping going and he's keeping... Why? Because he's found it works. It works in our current church world. It works in the world around us. You deal with his persistence by your persistence. You know, you might uh, remember the story of the woman with the hemorrhage. Um, and she'd had this hemorrhage in for years. She was bleeding. I think the... the it, the Bible tells you she'd had it for 12 years. And she spent all she had on doctors. Like everything she got, she had gone. And it, and it wasn't just her health that was now decimated, but it was her wealth that had gone as well. And, and she's in this crowd and she sees this crowd around Jesus and they're all scrabbling, they're all looking for something, they're all after something from Jesus. And you know what? We, we, we kind of focus on the fact that she got through this crowd and got away and she got hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. The big thing here is she shouldn't have been there in the first place. 
everything around her, everything around her culture, everything that her church, the, the synagogues, the rabbis were telling her around her at that time is you are unclean. You're not even meant to be here. You've got no right to make a demand on Jesus. You see, in their way of thinking, anything that this woman touched was automatically unclean. I don't know if you've realised this, but she had to go through rituals every day. And every day her bed had to be spiritually purified through these rituals. And anyone who touched her, anyone who came into contact her was unclean. So when she came through there, when she came pushing through that crowd, she wasn't just like pushing people out of the way and going, yeah, I need to get there. It's not just that. When she was pushing through that crowd, she was risking her life because she should not have been there. She was risking a riot. She was risking being stoned just to get to Jesus. Because now hope was there. And she knew where the hope was in the midst of all the things that were overwhelming her life. Her health, her rejection, her rejection for, by others, uh, her wealth being decimated, the fact that she, she was having to go through all these things. Hope was there, right in the middle of it, Jesus. And he's there and she's trying to get through, every way is blocked off. So what does she do? She gets on her knees. She gets on her knees, she crawls between people's legs and she grabs Jesus' garment. What did Jesus say to her? He said, your faith has made you well. It's that pissed his faith again. It's that persistent faith. It's that I'm not giving up. I'm not, when, when the world tries to hem me in, I'm not going to accept it. It's that persistent faith. And that, that's what we see in her. That push back faith that I will uh, not give up and the devil who's persistent he's telling us quite the opposite he would have been saying to you you're a failure you're unclean you've no right to be here they're going to kill you they're going to stone you there's going to be a riot you're sick it's not going to work and that's what the enemy still is saying to us. He says it's not going to work. It's going to fail. It's not going to work for you. It's not going to happen for you. And what do we do? What's our response? Well, our response should be faith. But sometimes our response is to be going, yeah, he's right. It doesn't work for me. I don't understand why it doesn't work for me. You know, I get so many questions about why this, why that, why that. Now, I don't have answers for everything. But here's what I want to do for, with you, for you. I want to point you to scripture and say, when Jesus did that, everybody got their answer. So the answer lies in us discovering more of Jesus. The answer lies in discovering more of Jesus. Getting through to that source point, that central point, in all the things that are overwhelming us, all the things that are blocking out, and getting through to Jesus. So stop falling for his technique. Stop falling, not be ignorant of his devices. You know, the devil isn't going to stop. He's not going to stop any time this side of Jesus' second coming. In fact, one of the things that, that Revelation tells us that we've been teaching on a Tuesday night is that he knows his time is short, so he's ramped up the game. So he's not stopping. There is no neutral ground here. And we need to understand as believers that, that there is no neutral ground. The truth is we have a very clear choice. We can go after God, put our trust in God, not fall for the devices of the devil and push back with faith. We can be people of faith. 
who trust God, believe in God, place our hope in Jesus, rely on his promises and use that. Or we can just give up. You know, when we're not trusting God, when we're not believing God, what we're actually doing is painting a big target on our back for the enemy and saying, stab here. That's the reality of the kingdom. There are two kingdoms in this world. We either put our faith totally in one. If we don't put our faith in that one, the end result is we get run over, bashed down, splattered across the pavement by the other one. And, you know, some of us, we go, well, I just, I just like, I just like a bit of space. I just like to, for this not to be gone. Well, and when will it ever not be me? When you fight back, when you hit back, when you're persistent. You see, the truth is that the enemy's big strategy here, the enemy's big strategy in this age we're living in, this culture that we have around us now, right now, in this moment, is this pile-up technique. He's trying to overwhelm us. He's trying to make us feel like we can't go on. He's making us feel like the, we, we give up. Like, where is, this question, where is God in all this? He's not moved. He's exactly the same place he's always been. He's right there at the centre of the universe, waiting to hear your voice, waiting for you to hear his voice and waiting for you to believe him he's not moved however we've moved because we've got all this stuff around us and we 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 are looking at all that's going on in our life and it's overwhelming us because we've got our eyes off him there is no other answer the answer is put your eyes on him trust him believe him and you will overcome because anyone who is born of god overcomes the world how by our faith, by our trust in God, by believing his promises and becoming doers of the word, not just hearers only. You see, there is no such thing as a faith vacation. And I, I know that might sound like bad news, but it's actually good news because it's the only thing you have to remember. There's no such thing as a faith vacation. But I'll tell you what there is. There's a place of breakthrough that is just in front of you if you will keep going. And when you get to that place with the word of God, when you keep believing the word of God, trusting the word of God, what you will find, because this is promised in the world, resist the devil and he will flee. That place of resistance will fall away and it will fall away suddenly. You won't see it coming. You won't know it's coming. It might be at the worst possible point, but if you keep going, that place of resistance will fall away. Because that's what God's promised you. This kingdom we are part of is greater than the kingdom of the enemy. And of its increase, there is no end. And I just want to leave you right now. I want to leave you with this. Because this is a battle that whoever you are, wherever you find yourself, whatever you've been through, you can win. And... You can get to a different place in your life, but you will need to keep going. You see, now you know the enemy's strategy. You are no longer ignorant of his devices. So what do you do with that? You laugh at his strategy because now you can see it. Now it's there in black and white. Now it's all been explained to you. You should be laughing because you go, ha ha, called you. I see it for what it is now. And now I know what to do. You see, the enemies use persistence against the church. But how do we defeat him? 
We use our persistence against him. Just like that woman with the hemorrhage, we use our persistence to break through. Just like, like John is telling us, our persistence that, that rises above and sees beyond, we use that persistence because persistence overcomes resistance. And your persistence will overcome the resistance of the enemy. Your persistence will overcome the resistance that is currently overwhelming you. But you're going to have to persist. There is no other way. And that's just, a, just an awesome kingdom truth because time after time after time, as I've gone through sort of stuff like, I, like I'm going through now that I've told you about, I know that at the end of this, the enemy will have to back off. There's a place of huge fruitfulness ahead of me. There's a place of blessing ahead of me. And I know that if I persist, his resistance will be overcome. And I will break through to that place again. I've seen it time after time after time in my life. Every time it looked hopeless, every time it looked like I was failing, every time it looked like I should back off, whenever I managed to keep going, I've broken through into that place. We have a good God, a faithful God, an unchanging God. And the enemy is nothing compared to him. Amen, faith life. So if, you, if you're just hearing this for the first time, either just live or you hear this on this message on the internet and you don't know Jesus, but you want to know him because you, you're just overwhelmed with life around you. If, you. if you've been a believer, but you've let it slip, you've kind of backed off, you, you've, life's come upon you, you've just let everything slip. I want to pray with you right now because I want to ask you to make a quality decision that that will change. I want you to put him back in place of Lord of, as Lord of your life. So pray with me now. Repeat this after me. Father, just say it after me. Father, I look to you now. I've been a long way from you. I've been trusting in myself. I've been doing what I want to do. And I've been rebelling against you and your ways. I ask you now to forgive me. I ask you now to come into my life. I choose to make you Lord of my life. I choose to become a follower of you. And I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. To give me new life in you. Amen. So if you said that prayer, when we, we are rejoicing with you, we're encouraging you to go on. Uh, we'd love to help you. Uh, we've got resources to help you. We've got people who will chat to you. People who will talk to you. People who will answer your questions. So just email us uh, office at faithlifechurch.org.uk office at faithlifechurch.org.uk or uh, just messages on the Facebook page you're now watching us on and we'll get back to you if you leave your contact details. And, and just Father, I thank you for everybody who has heard this message this morning. I pray that you will 
write it on their hearts. I pray that you will, will fill them with your spirit, that you will encourage them, that you will embolden them, that you will stir up that fight of the Holy Spirit which is within them. Stir up that might and that strength of you that you have placed in there. And I thank you, Lord, that you have made us to overcome by our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's just been so good to be with you this morning. So good to spend time together. Just remember, uh, during the week, stay connected, grow in faith, help others, ring other people. You know, one of the things that I hear is that some of you, you've been ringing other people, but nobody's ringing you. That's not an, a reason to give up. You, everybody ring people. You know, if you just think, what I do is I get a mental picture look, looking around uh, Faith Life but way back in February, March, and I, I, whoever comes to mind, I'll ring them. Whether they've rung me or not, whether I've had any communication with them or not, I want you to, to be ringing people. It's so important that we stay connected as a body. And just on, on that note, before we finish for this morning, I just want to remind you, uh, watch the videos we've spent, been sending out on Let's Get Moving. There'll be another one coming out early next week, uh, talking about some of the other ideas that we've got. But in the meantime, I just want you to be blessed and just to know that we love you, Faith Life. We love you, every single one of you. We love you. We're thinking of you. Cheryl and I are praying for you every day and we're thinking of you every day. So have a great week. Amen.